Hey, everyone. We've got a great episode for you here, locked and loaded with a very special guest. It's Ian Gooding, managing editor over at Dauber Hockey. He's joining me to discuss some upcoming free agents and their fantasy relevance next season, as well as updating you on some interesting news in the NHL. Let's get to biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL Today. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you, uh, as always, for joining me. This is Fantasy NHL Today, and I am your host, Blake Creamer. Please follow me on Twitter, at Blake Creamer SE. And uh, we've also got a Discord. We, we do things in there occasionally. Um, apparently, all my Discord uh, subscribers are taking the off-season off. You know, it's, it's crickets in there right now, but uh, we are going to, you know, we'll get the biz in there soon, all right? But uh, get in there and save your spot, all right? Also, I just started an Instagram, all right, for Fantasy NHL Today. So that's all one word, Fantasy NHL Today. Hit me up on Instagram. And lastly, this is a Sports Ethos presentation. So get your buns over to sportsethos.com for all your fantasy needs. They got some stuff cooking over there, but I digress. I've got a very special guest here. I'm excited about it. My man, Ian Gooding, managing editor of Dauber Hockey. He's a fantasy writer. He's just an all-around good good person and a legend. Ian, how you doing? Thank you for joining me. Oh, glad to be here. Doing great. Thanks, Blake. Yeah, this is awesome. I, I just got to say, I love Dauber Hockey. That is a that is a major probably my main tool that I use uh, for all my fantasy teams and and uh, it, it's just so easy to navigate and um, I love the the fantasy ramblings and and all the articles that are coming out there so good work to you my man thanks appreciate you, you it love it yeah there you go um, cool um, so well I got you here Ian. Um, I'm, I'm excited to get into these free agents. We were talking a little bit off air here, but um, before we get into that, there's a bunch of news that we want to talk about. But even before we get into that, when I have a guest, I sort of love to just see wh- how, like your fantasy hockey origin story. What the, why are you into fantasy hockey? Like it's such a niche kind of thing. And I, I mean, I love it and I get it, but I, I'm interested to hear sort of your story. What was it that kind of you gravitated towards uh, fantasy hockey? Um, I, I just started out with the basic, uh, I mean, I'm, I guess based on my age and the length of time that I've spent on it, I'm probably, I'm probably closer to OG than newbie when it comes to fantasy sports. Um, I actually, my, my earliest, I guess, what do you call hockey pool, you know, was pre-internet, um, the pencil, pencil and paper. It was a playoff that I did with some friends. Uh, one one year and uh, happened to win it. <laughs> That'll do it. Yep. Unfortunately, he didn't invite me back. Um, but uh, um, I, I think it was more because he kept usually kept it to his friends and family and just needed an extra person. Um, but after that, we did. Uh, I, I was doing sort of the box pools in the uh, the local paper, and uh, um, that got me sort of interested. Um, I didn't really. There were a few years where I, I, you know, I was going to college and I didn't really do that much fantasy sports. Um, but uh, but I started to get into it. I think once Yahoo kind of platformed their fantasy games, um, slowly got into it. I was invited to originally to a fantasy football league, and then went into baseball, and then discovered that the same guys that were playing also had a hockey league. So 
um, that really got got me interested. And I, I found that I was spending way too much time in the evenings just looking at my roster. I, I think I started out, I was uh, struggling a bit with my first ever sort of digital fantasy hockey team. And right. um, I, I spent an inordinate amount of time trying to fix my roster, look for is this player better than that player? Um, and then realized, hey, you know, maybe I can play in more leagues. As I started getting into it, as I started reading more fantasy articles, I thought, hey, well, maybe, maybe I want to write write about it. And uh, um, I, I reached a point. I was actually, um, you know, once I'd played fantasy hockey for a couple of years, I was kind of at a point where I was on my job. I wasn't unemployed, but I wasn't getting as much work as I wanted to. Um, so I I went to a website applied for a writing position, didn't have any expectations of it. And they said, um, do you want to start? You're not getting, you know, we can't pay you anything, but at least you can, you know, you, you can try this out and, and do it. If you like it, you, who knows what will go with it. Um, so I did that. And um, within a year or so, I became the, uh, the content editor of that site once the uh, previous content editor uh, left. And that wasn't that wasn't Dauber Hockey, by the way. It was another website, and um, you know, I, I I wrote for that site for a few years. That site actually um, went out of business, and I was kind of doing a little bit off and on writing. Got picked up by another growing site, which is no longer in business. And then not long after that, Dauber contacted me, and I've been working for him ever since. So that's <laughs> probably a little. Uh, um, not just a glimpse into my experience playing fantasy hockey, but a little bit about my, uh, my history with, with writing. Oh, I love it. And, and like you said, it's, it's like that, you know, we all get that win, right? At some point we won and it's like, oh my God, it's like gambling, right? You, yeah. You're like, oh, I, I could do it again. No problem. Right. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is a problem. You can't do it again because it's really hard. So you have to <laughs> go to sites like Dauber Hockey. You have to analyze this stuff and, uh, you know, put, put your best self out there. So that's kind of what got me into it for sure is like, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing well, I think like I think a lot of people that that really gravitate towards fantasy hockey, they just have good hockey sense. You know, you you watch it, you understand what's going on, you know, but that can only take you so far. And I think once mm-hmm. I started delving into the analytics and the underlying statistics, like that just kind of brings you up a level, right? It um, does, yeah. 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 It helps. I don't find it's the be all and end all. You have to kind of, right. with analytics, I, I think you kind of have to take what is useful in fantasy hockey and what isn't. You know, so if somebody says so-and-so is a really great, you know, top four defenseman and this guy is a really crappy defenseman, then does that really, does that really help you with your fantasy team? Um, and I was going to stop short of saying yes on that. Um, that's kind of where you have to have to separate that from. Sure, you can, you can analyze things like, you know, shooting percentages and uh, um, PDOs and some of the other um some some of the other ipps and, and things like that and okay well yeah maybe maybe we're on to something here um but i think you have to kind of know what to separate what you know what is important and what isn't the difference between data and information you know data is you know there, there's lots of numbers out there of, of different things but information is what you put to use and you have to use your own judgment as as far as as far as that, and I, you know, I, I can say that having one leagues is, is to really, I, I think it's key to really know what that difference is and how to apply that. More importantly, yeah. how to apply that to your league. Okay, that's, I think that's a big one is understanding the rules and scoring settings 
in your league because there's a lot of stuff that you know that gets written out there um my own articles included that is is it's useful but is it useful to your league you know i mean if you re read my stuff and said well it doesn't really i play in a different type of league that's fine that's that's okay i mean you know i'm i'm here to help whatever you know in, in whatever league that you know that i i, I share the knowledge of what I, sh I share my own knowledge and hopefully helps others um but if it doesn't then that's you know there, there's other places easily other places where you can go to find the information that you need yeah i love it my man well i'm glad you're on the case all right because this is this has been very helpful like i said dauber hockey's been been uh really my main tool that i go to like frozen tools is insane it's such a user-friendly site um so yeah i love that um one thing i very find with time. fantasy hockey too yeah it's awesome um yeah. one thing i find with fantasy hockey is it's it's behind in terms of like how it's analyzed, how it's covered, you know, the statistics that are even available, like as opposed to like football or hockey or uh, baseball and, you know, basketball. Like I actually got really into ba uh, fantasy basketball and I still am. Um, and I find it easier to predict. Um, like I find more success sometimes or I have in the past with fantasy basketball. Um, do you find that fantasy hockey is, is kind of difficult? Like in, in terms of, of analyzing and predictive stuff? Um, it can be. I think over a longer stretch, it's it's kind of easier. But um, if you're looking at, say, I, I find it harder to play sort of a one game short term, knowing what's going to happen, yeah. predicting so-and-so is going to score a goal. Like I find daily fantasy to be harder than say year long because i can get a general idea of what a, a player can do over a year but what happens over a smaller sample size like a game or a group of games or heck a playoff series which sometimes i can't pick correctly to save my life um <laughs> those i think are harder to predict because there's a certain randomness i think to hockey with the yeah you know the the bounces and the sometimes the level of game management that takes place and and so on whereas i find with basketball and i haven't played fantasy basketball in years um but i find there I, I find basketball games to be a little bit more easier to predict what's going to happen um i mean there are exceptions i mean the miami heat are you know in the in the final are a good example of this but i've, I've yeah. generally through the years i found basketball to be you kind of know who the winner is going to be. I mean, watching the Michael Jordan-led Bulls, you kind of knew that they were going to win. Um, you know, same with to some extent, maybe a lesser extent, Kobe Bryant and the Lakers and Shaq um, back back in that day. Um, it was just an easier, maybe because of the impact of the superstars and maybe because hockey is more of a, you know, you have a bigger roster and you're going down have to go down the lineup maybe it's just a, a more difficult game to predict in general yeah I, I think so and it's just so fast too i mean it's called the fastest sport on earth and it is it's the fa like you got a little rubber puck flying around you know and and we're supposed to analyze you know what, what it's going to do and high danger scoring chances and this and that it's like you know, uh, you, you put everything in your corner, but at the end of the day, we got Florida, the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I was in so many playoff pools and I felt like I drafted so well. I'm like, yes, yeah. I got Edmonton. I got Boston. I'm like, I'm loving it. Like, this is Boston's year for sure. McDavid's going to get in the yeah. finals. No, hell no. What, you know, Florida, 
Okay. Um, you know, well, I got you here. Yeah. Like, what do you think of these playoffs? What do you think about Florida and Vegas and kind of their road to the finals and, and, and what, just what are your thoughts so far on the playoffs in general? Um, yeah, I, I think the, I think the Florida run was a little more unexpected, maybe given where they finished in the standings there. Um, I mean, I can't forget though, that they were the president's trophy winning team of last season. Um, yeah. but they did One make some removed. changes. They had some, you know, they, they lost some players. Uh, the Vegas one, I think kind of, I, I think that one was maybe a little easier to predict, or we should have at least saw it, seen it coming if it was a surprise. I think so many people went with Edmonton uh, to reach the final, maybe because of the Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, but, and, you know, maybe we thought Vegas's goaltending was a little bit too shaky and they didn't have the star power on that team that, that Edmonton does, but they finished first in the conference, you know, and they did it for yeah, a reason. Yeah. That's, that's not a fluke. They're, they're a good team. They're a well-coached team, a well, good balanced team. Um, seems to me that the lack of goaltending doesn't matter. They've found, you know, they, they just kept picking up goalies and sure enough, they've landed on Aiden Hill, who's playing pretty well right now. So um, I, I actually picked Vegas in that series. I kind of picked Vegas to win because I, I thought they looked a little bit more sustainable. I think Florida has, I don't want to say lucky bounces, um, mm. You know, Kachuk has been absolutely clutch. Bobrovsky played much better than we thought he would. And I kind of worried a bit about how the layoff would affect them. Like when you have that kind of momentum, having such a long layoff, yeah, you can rest some injuries and, and that. But at the same time, you're kind of starting new and some of that, you know, it might take a while to get that managed back. And, you know, by the time they do, it might be too late. So... I, yeah. you know, I think more people were pick, picking Florida, at least from the Dauber hockey writers. So, yeah. And of course, know, maybe I, I'll be right I, on this one. We'll see. I've been, I've been including you in uh like uh, on Twitter. I, I'll do like uh yeah. What's, what's your, what's your picks? What's your, you know, first round, second round, third round, whatever. And I'm just getting annihilated. Like I, I cannot pick uh, the right team to save my life at this point. So I picked Florida, of course, for the final. No, they're getting pumped. And Bobrovsky's mm. doing this thing, letting in a touchdown every game. Like, what? No, that that's yeah. Bobrovsky's a guy I've I've been kind of off for a lot of years. So I was happy to see what he was able to do, and it was a good story. But like, I mean, the wheels are are starting to fall off a little bit in Florida there. So, uh, you know, obviously they got to get game four under wraps here. But uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's get into this. We have yammered on long enough. I do that. Um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about some of this NHL news that's come out, Ian. Um, and the first one being that big trade. There was a three-way trade between Columbus, Philadelphia, and LA. So yeah, if you're not aware, um, Columbus Blue Jackets got Ivan Provorov. Philadelphia got uh, goalie Cal Peterson, defenseman Sean Walker, uh, second rounder Helgi Granz, and the Kings' 2024 second round pick. All right. So and then LA got a couple of minor leaguers in Kevin Connaughton and Hayden Hodgson. So what, what are your, what were your initial thoughts on this trade when, when you heard about it and, and kind of, yeah. What, what did you think? I kind of, my first, uh, my, my first take was why is Columbus trading for another defenseman? Um, it seems like they're already, you know, they, they, they already seem to be stockpiled with them. Uh, you have a guy like they had, they got hit with quite a few injuries last season. Yeah. So you can't really Brutal. gauge them on that. But I mean, if, I think based on where, by picking up Provorov, I think they might 
look at him in more of a defensive role. I don't see him taking, say, the power play unit one away from Zach Orensky. Um, he'll probably play top four minutes. So, I mean, he'll be good for peripherals like the hits and block shots and ice time if, you're, if your league counts it. But, you know, you've got a whole potential, a wide range of guys that could play on the first unit power play either now or in the future. Like, I kind of wonder... You know, not there's not just Wierenski, but I kind of wonder about my. It's gonna sound silly, but my Jake Beanstalk and <laughs> Jake Beans, Jake and the Magic Beanstalk. There you go. Um, yeah. You know, then there's got David Jiracek, and I've also got Denton Matejchuk in in another league, and it looks like I'm gonna have a long wait ahead of me before he before he makes an impact. So, I mean, That's I don't rough. know. Even Nick Blankenberg is not a yeah. bad player either. So, I mean, they kind of look like, and, and may, maybe what they're thinking is if we have another rough season, then at least we've got a currency that, that teams need, which is defensemen. And we can trade mm-hmm. a defenseman, um, get some get some prospects and picks back just because we have them. They don't seem to, I mean, they've got a few good forwards, but they're not going to scare you, I don't think, um, offensively. So that was kind of my initial take. The, the other second one was about Cal Peterson and what's going to happen yeah. with Cal Peterson. Um, at, at the same time I was reading this trade, I, I saw another tweet saying, well, Carter Hart is being shopped yeah. around now. There's rumors that he's going to be dealt. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Philly goalie situation. For one, they're going to be rebuilding. So I don't think you want to, I don't think you want to tie your, fortunes to a, a Philly goalie to begin with but is Carter Hart going to get traded if he's traded do they bring another goalie in or you know heaven forbid is Peterson going to be their number one which he's getting five mil a year I mean you know what's happening yeah it's crazy hey follow the money though right like follow yep. the money if, if he's making five million maybe they expect him to start you know like he did in LA before he got sent to the minors. Maybe that's what they're expecting of. Maybe they're expecting mm-hmm. to get their money's worth, or maybe they're doing the full Chicago strip it down, rebuild. Um, we're going to bring in a couple of goalies here that are just going to be placeholders that are their goals against average is going to be close to four. And um, you don't want them anywhere near your fantasy team, but Hey, we need to put a roster out there every night. And, nice. You know, we're, uh, we're just trying to improve our stock for the first overall pick and, assemble our picks and prospects which isn't something i think philly has ever done before but um it seems like they it seems like that's the direction they're taking yeah um yeah for as, as far as provorov goes to the columbus blue jackets that that's obviously the most interesting piece to me and like you said like what are they going to do with him there he's he's not supplanting zach Rensky on power play one i don't think that's going to happen ever but he could get power play two right i mean yeah like i look at his season here last season like it was just horrible for Philly. Actually, both these teams, Philly and Columbus, like just hot garbage, just two dumpster fires raging out of control. Um, but uh, yeah, in Philly, like Provorov played all 82, so that's nice, but only 20, 27 points. That seems to be kind of where he's at these days, you know? Um, his last three or four seasons, it's that's kind of what it's looking like. And he only had a 17% power play share last year. So, I mean, on that team, he would... He, you know, he was only getting 17% of the power play. Like, eesh. so I, I think his, his, his stock goes up at least fantasy wise going to Columbus, I think. Cause like you said, he's going to, he's going to be a minute muncher for sure. I think, you know, he, he can probably expect he's going to get that same amount of time. Good perifs. Right. But I, I was surprised. I forgot. Um, Profrov scored 17 goals in his, in his uh, second year in the league, 17 goals. 
what what I mean that that's long gone. You know, I I feel like this at least for Provorov, this is a good this is a good move. I think to a better situation because I do think Columbus is going to be much more fantasy relevant this season than they were um, this this past season here. Right? Yeah, yeah they'll, spe- they'll be better for more. sure. And I think Provorov is. He could be a good defenseman there, but he is trending towards being a defensive yeah. defenseman, which for scoring leagues means you probably shouldn't draft. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I think this yeah. is a guy you probably stream in when Columbus has a good schedule. And I mean, he could surprise, mm-hmm. you know, if, if Varensky yeah. goes down again. I mean, I, well, that said, I mean, like you said, Columbus has they got Jake Bean, Jake Beanstalk, and they got, uh, you know, I like Adam Boakvist too. Um, well, That's like right. I forgot about him but, too. Yeah, they got, so, but, they got so many. You're gonna forget about them, right? They do, but um, you know, I do like Provorov's kind of the way he profiles is more like it reminds me of Matthias Ekholm going to Edmonton, and and Provorov is not Matthias Ekholm. I'm not saying that, but like get a defensive minded defenseman in here who blocks shots like a beast, you know, mm-hmm. and and kind of shore up that defense, right? Because obviously Columbus. You know, they were injured like crazy, but they also couldn't you know, keep the puck out of the net. So, you know, yeah. Provorov hopefully kind of shores that up. He's a shutdown defenseman for the other team's top players and, you know, maybe frees up Rensky to do his biz, you know, um, and get the 60 to 70 points we all hope he gets. Um, so I do like that. And then in terms of Philly, um, I, I like Philly, actually. I know a lot of people are down on Philly. I think they got some bits and pieces. Um, I love Travis Konechny. Owen Tippett is another guy who I've been talking about for a little bit that I'm I'm kind of excited going into the fantasy season here. Um, and then, yeah, I, I Sean Couturier coming back I think will be interesting, right? So they're still going to be bad. And then Tony D'Angelo. Oh my God. What, what is, you know, what is that man doing? You know, they, they're put, they should have put uh, Ivan Provorov on the power play instead of Tony D. I don't know what was happening there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's interesting all around. Obviously LA was uh, uh, dumping salary. So, you know, they could pick up um, or they could resign Vladislav Gavrikov, which is a, another piece of news yep. that sort of happened here. So uh, Gavrikov signed a two year, $5.875 million deal. Um, pretty high. That seems like to me for Gavrikov, but um, also the two years was interesting. Um, that was something that I guess uh, the player and the player's agent were sort of pushing for. So moving on mm-hmm. to, uh, to to Gavrikov here, what's what's your take on him? And is he someone we should have on our fantasy radar? I've kind of looked at him in, uh, in fantasy in my deeper leagues. I've kind of seen him on the, uh, the waiver wire and said, nah. There isn't really much offensively that's there. Again, the the hits and the block shots could help you, but there's really very little power play time. Um, I don't think there's a lot you can offer scoring-wise. I mean, they had 33 points in 80 games in 2021-22, which isn't bad. Um, You could make an argument that he could be fantasy-relevant there, but I'm not really seeing it in LA. I think this is more the defensive defenseman guy. I mean, you've still got Doughty there, who's a you know a minute muncher um fits that description perfectly and then you got some younger defensemen in there like you've got a sean dersey you've got uh brant clark who's who's a top prospect who it looks like is is going to fill you know an nhl role next season and you've got uh um, jordan spence as well so so i think this is a team i think another winner or i guess um something we need to pay attention to with this trade is the king's the Kings are now, I think, sort of embracing their youth movement on defense. And you'll start to see more of those players are playing a, a bigger role next season. I, I kind of think Dowdy will 
slow down a bit offensively. He'll still be fantasy relevant, but I don't think you can expect as much out of him as he his ages is. Uh, you know, I, I think there's going to be some wear and tear on him as well. So, uh, so that's that's something I think with with that trade that we have to think about from the LA perspective. He just keeps going though, doesn't he, Doughty? Like I, I was kind of waiting for him to slow down this last season because I had Sean Dursey in a bunch of spots, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like let's go, you know, let's get Dursey on the power play, give me my 50 points. Like no, they did, they, he wasn't cooperating, but I mean, he had a nice season, so yeah, he's kind of him and Kopitar on LA, boy, they're ageless. Like they'll just, they'll just keep going, and then you know mm-hmm. they've, they've been, you know, supplemented with guys like Kempe and. Um, Victor Arvidsson is a guy that I'm big on coming into this year here. And then just their second and third lines just in general. And then Fiala. Oh, my God. Um, I, I do like L.A. I thought they were going to, you know, maybe make a bit more noise in the playoffs here. But uh, that didn't really occur. Uh, but, yeah, that's that trade there. I mean, uh, L.A., it's it's interesting. So, it's staying on L.A. here, um, Jonas Corbisalo is, a, is an unrestricted free agent coming up here. And just what are your thoughts on L.A.'s goaltending situation and – what what are they going to do? Are they, you know, because um, I initially when I saw that Carter Hart stuff, I was like, he's going to L.A. too. Like, I, I kind of misunderstood what the tweets were saying. I'm like, Carter Hart's going to L.A. now. Like, so I'm wondering what they're going to do. Do you think they'll resign Jonas Corpusalo? And what are your thoughts on Corpusalo? I think there's a chance they could resign Corpusalo. I mean, they they got Gabrikov in the same deal and they managed to resign him. I I certainly think they could they could try to make a push for Corpus Allo unless they're going after somebody bigger, unless they want to put their money in towards a Tristan Jari or a Frederick Anderson. Um, cap wise, I've, I I'd have to look it up to to see if they're legitimate. I haven't heard any of the insiders really talk about mm-hmm. L.A. as in one of those uh, you know one of those teams really that that would be after one of those goalies as a free agent. I mean, I heard the rumors last season that they were interested in Thatcher Demko, but I, I think I, I think though that they would be looking to upgrade in net. So I'm not necessarily sure that Corpus Allo is their first choice for that, even though he played decently in the playoffs. Um, I mean, I say this as a guy who was tied to the LA goalies on one team. I had Cal Peterson, and uh, when he got sent to the minors, I actually picked up Phoenix Copley not not long after. So nice. I, I think you're going to get some Phoenix Copley, some more Phoenix Copley next year. I and mean, that part's for sure. Um, I think where it could end up is a if they don't get what they want in in free agency or via trade, then are we looking at a a Copley slash um, Corpus Allo or some other type of one A one B timeshare, um, which is kind of where where they were. Um, I think ideally they'd like to have better goaltending, but I think as we've seen as well um, with a team like Vegas, they don't necessarily need to have a and invest a ton of money in a in a goalie anyway because as you know learned in fantasy and in real life we don't know goalies are voodoo we don't always know what we're going to get from a goalie either so um they probably learned that hey we'd spend another five million on a goalie it better be good because we spent that money on cal peterson and it did not work out so so they they may also be reluctant to to try to spend that that money so um, I think certainly there's a chance they could sign Corpus Allo, but I, I don't know if it's guaranteed. Yeah, I for me, I like the fit. Honestly, when he when he got traded there, I picked him up in a couple spots and I was happy with the return. It was I mean, 
you know, he was available on the waiver wires because he's playing for Columbus. So um, I, I kind of hope they resign him. I, and I hope that they sort of make him a true one a, you know what I mean? Like not a workhorse. He's not going to be a workhorse. Like when you got a, a real serviceable backup, like Phoenix Copley, um, like he, he played admirably this year, although his numbers didn't really show that like LA is just a good defensive team. Um, so, you know, I think whoever you're putting in there is they're, they're probably going to be able to get some wins. Right. But I do like mm-hmm. Corpusalo uh, better than Copley. So I don't know. That makes sense to me. I feel like they could get him for a reasonable price, you know, but based on his body of work, but we'll, we'll see there. Um, cool. Let's move on. I do want to talk about, um, some of the coaches. Uh, there's a couple coaching changes. So first off, um, what's your take on, on the coach in Anaheim here? I, I wrote it in the show notes and I didn't write the man's name. What what the heck is that man's name? Cronin? Greg Cronin is the nice. name. And, there you go. Yeah, and he's had no prior NHL coaching yeah. experience, so don't blame you if you've never heard of him. Um, and it was kind of out of left field. I don't think they, I, I don't think his name had been discussed as a potential hire, but that's because often the names we hear are sort of recycled names, the guys that have right. coached somewhere else before, you know. Like like the Babcocks, for instance, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think is a pretty good fantasy take from Dauber on the Cronin hiring uh, from earlier this week on on Dauber Hockey, and it sort of explained to me. He did some digging in terms of minor league stats, in terms of what his coaching style is like, and it was he was coaching the Colorado Eagles in the AHL. Not an offensive-minded coach. He had some very good defensive numbers on on that team, but as as a coach, um, says um, he spent the last five years there. Other than in 2021-22, the Eagles never finished among the top 10 teams in goals scored. This past season, only six teams scored fewer goals in Colorado's 210. So, I mean, part of that might be uh, yeah. roster composition and the fact right. that I don't think the Avalanche are chock full of prospects right now at least not the not at the stage that they're they're in and where their team is but it sounds to me you kind of take the read the numbers as they are and it kind of sounds like he's a defensive minded coach so that means that could hurt i mean it could be good for a player like trevor zgrass to have a coach like that to make him a better all-around player um, but in fantasy league that's another thing that we look at is those those charts that with those nice charts that we see um mm-hmm they're you know they're they're interesting and they give sort of a player's full value but in fantasy leagues we don't really care about that we don't care about the number of you know shot attempts against um defensively that doesn't you know maybe maybe that helps in terms of their their ice time a little bit but you know when i'm looking at the you know the raw numbers you know i'm looking at goals and assists here that's not having a defensive minded coach isn't going to help um, a player like Trevor Zegras. So I think the way Dauber explained it is if, if Zegras was going to score 90 points, um, you could move that down to about 75. So that's, it's, it's like the worst thing to hear as a fantasy general manager. You're like, Oh, come on, man. Yeah. You know what? I want all coaches to just run and gun. Can't we get, they don't care about our fantasy teams, Ian. Do you know that? It's Barry Trotz. Yeah. Yeah. Barry Trotz, when he took over, and if you had Mart, Mart, Matt Barzell, uh oh, yeah. you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe you saw it coming from a mile away. Maybe you were a bit surprised and thought, well, Barzell has the talent to work through it. Well, no, just look at his numbers. Yeah, he's a third line grinder now. <laughs> uh, yay. All right. Well, you know, so 
obviously Zegris and Troy Terry are uh, restricted free agents going to the year. I would expect Anaheim to sign both of them. Um, also, Adam Fantilli is the prob- likely to be the second overall pick going to Anaheim. And it sounds to me like he's going to be good to go. Like might be, you know, be able to play next season. So that's interesting. That's a, that's an interesting uh, perspective with the coach there. Cause you got these offensive players here ready to pop like Troy Terry. I really like Troy Terry. Um, he's a player I'm kind of high on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's not the news that I really wanted to hear, but I, I don't know, you know, like you said, uh, roster composition sometimes like maybe he's just, he's just a good coach and he's doing what he needs to do to win. Right. And we've seen mm-hmm. that before, but when you got uh, players of the offensive caliber of Trevor Zegris, yeah. You, like you, you got to kind of play to the player sometimes, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that's the way that goes there. And then um, you did allude to Mike Babcock. What's your thoughts about Babcock going to Columbus there? And what do you, what do you think he can do there? I think he, I think if you look at Babcock's history, um, aside from the recent newsworthy stuff about how he's treated players and that, if you kind of look past that, um, he's always had teams that have emphasized skill, speed, lots of scoring. Um, we look at the Leafs teams that he had. Prior to that, the Detroit teams, they always had lots of good fantasy options. Even the two years he was in Anaheim, um, he had the players like the the Paul Correa, the Tame Mussolini, um, I think Scott Niedermeyer was there, if I remember correctly. Um, so, I mean, there were there were some skilled teams that that he had, and you know, maybe that's maybe some maybe Babcock is a bit overrated as a coach because he's always had those decent teams. But it seems to me like he would let a player like Johnny Goudreau cook. And that would be good for him as opposed to, say, a coach like Brad Larson. I mean, fortunately for Goudreau, he never got the John Tortorella experience there, but he certainly got the (laughs) Daryl Sutter experience. And he managed to play through that with 115 points in his last season in Calgary. So um, if he wanted to leave because of the coach, then, you know, he managed to thrive anyway so i i think it'll be i I think goudreau will have at least some sort of bounce back season i wouldn't put him down for 100 points but i think he'll be pretty decent on fantasy rosters it'll be better than he was last year anyway yeah i I think everything's kind of you know arrows up for for goudreau next season i think uh, he's definitely going to have a bounce back he's not going to be as poor as as he was this year and it was circumstances as well in columbus with the injuries that we talked about but yeah it's just interesting to me that like like you said you know some of these names are recycled and ben babcock is one of those names to me like clearly he's a he's a talented coach and he he's like a really talented coach but he's also a dingus you know like that 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 kind of stuff, I, I don't know. I've been on this kick lately about just these dinosaur coaches and and how they're, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't fly anymore. It's it's yeah. not a way, like it's not a way to motivate people. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see what Babcock does because he knows, I think, that it doesn't fly anymore. Right? He's kind of been mm-hmm. called out on it. So are his wings clipped a oh. little bit? Like, is he going to have to change his yeah. style? Like, was that part of his success? Like that kind of you know, dangus behavior. Um, is that, was that part Mm -hmm. of why he was successful as a coach? Like, I don't know, you know, so I'm, so I'm interested. I'm interested to see, I like Columbus this year. I seeing Babcock go there. I was not too stoked to be honest, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like Tortorella, like you said, or Sutter to me, Babcock is, is a cut above, right. I think just because his, his skill level as a coach, right. And his resume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he was Joe Blow unsuccessful coach, 
and that's and that news came up then no he's not getting a job again but because he's well mike mike babcock because mm-hmm. he's won a stanley cup because he's won olympic gold because he's coached all of these star players then all he's got to say is hey i've you know i've, I've worked on becoming a better person and there's going to be somebody giving him a chance even if right. it, even if columbus is sort of a step below market wise a place like toronto or even detroit you still you know hey i'll go coach we'll coach yeah. somewhere and then we'll see how it goes if you know I'm, I'm really interested to see does does he help that blue jackets team improve i know based on injury if, they, if they're not as injured as they were you know last this past season then they'll be better they'll be better are they a playoff team no, I'm not there, even with Babcock as a coach, but they'll they'll be better. And how much credit he will get for that, I'm not quite sure of. But in terms of if you're just looking at results, then he is a step of he's he's a step above Brad Larson for sure. Yeah, no question there. And Columbus has my boy. Boone Jenner. All right. I love that man. I talk about him all the time on the pod. Um, you know, so if anybody can, can pull that team up by the bootstraps, it's Boone Jenner. All right. I love that. He, he, he had an amazing season. Tell me you love Boone Jenner, Ian. What do you, what do you got to say about Boone Jenner? I like Boone Jenner as a multi-cap player for sure. Yeah. I would say definitely in the multi-cat leagues over Roto leagues over say pure points leagues, pure points leagues. I've never, um, I'm not quite sold on him as a as an option there unless he has the right line mates. Um, I th- think he's he's a band aid boy trainee on on the Dauber side. I'm not I'm right. surprised he's not a full fledged <laughs> band aid boy just because there have been injuries. You know, it's kind of player where you think you know just when he's you know when he just when he's starting to break out, oh, there's an injury and that kind of derails that that plan. So, but there's there's lots of peripherals to like with him you know 100 hits over 100 hits per year he takes uh last season he took just over three shots per game uh there's lots of face-offs um he can get lots of power play time um so i think there's a lot to offer potentially in in multi-cat leagues as a sort of a late round waiver wire option depending on the size of your league so so is a is a, is a player to like um for a lot of ways i'm just not there on him as a as, as a score i'm not sure if he's the center for the goudreau line a line i'm not sure if he mm. stays on there i think he's really got to produce to stay there but i think they've got their eye on maybe somebody like a uh, maybe somebody like a cole sillinger or a kent johnson yeah. to, to fill or that Roslovich, role even jack roslovich too there's yeah. there's plenty of competition all I'm hearing here is that Ian Gooding likes Boone Jenner. Book it. All right. <laughs> that's that's the take. All right. Ian All says right. get Boone Jenner. Yeah, thank you, my man. I appreciate okay, that. Okay. Right? Fine. We got, yeah, this is a Boone <laughs> Jenner. Yeah, I'm the unofficial president of the Boone Jenner fan club. All right. That's I do that. Um, so that's fine. We're getting a little long in the tooth, uh, but this is good conversation. Uh, I got a couple more signings I want to talk to you about, both restricted free agents that just signed with uh, their teams. I'm talking about Cole Caulfield and Andreas Athanasiu. Um, yeah, what's what's your thought on uh, on Caulfield? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good signing for Montreal. I actually like Caulfield as a potential breakout for next season. I drafted him in a, um, a single season league this year, thinking that he was going to be, um, you know, a potential breakout. And then, sure enough, you know, the Habs were going nowhere, so he decided this was a good time to have his surgery yep. and, and shut it down. So I'm hoping, you know, that he can be a potential point of game player for Montreal. I think a lot of their offense is 
going to go through him next season. I think to lock him up for as a long-term deal, I think that's that's great for Montreal. Uh, I read something by Pierre Lebrun today that suggested that this is a smart signing for the Habs because um, a lot of the American players playing in Canadian markets, after especially after what Matthew Kachuk with Calgary, there's a bit of a worry that he might decide, oh, I don't want to play in in Canada mm-hmm. anymore. The taxes are too high. It's you know too much cold weather and that. Um, I want to go play for a warmer weather team down in the states where I don't have I don't have all this pressure and I don't have to pay all these taxes and uh, um, you know. But at least if you have a long term contract, then that's going to be easier to to try to trade if if you have to do that. So um, I think this is I, I think that was a good signing by. By Montreal. Um, as for Athanasiu, I think that's um, I thought that was a bit high um, yeah. myself for four million. But I guess the cap, the Blackhawks need to reach the cap floor. So you know, fine. That's you know, they're not the Vancouver Canucks in terms of the way they're handling their cap situation. So um, and two years as well. It's I, I thought they might only land him for a year and then try to flip him at the deadline. But I guess they see him as a um as a player that could kind of stay a bit longer and i think that it might be good signing for him because he's gonna get lots of ice time i think um unless the blackhawks just completely change course and decide to sign a bunch of players um but i think it's a good sign for him he could be playing next to Connor bedard which would be a really good um for him fantasy wise as well he's got the speed as well too like um he's, he's a speed burner so um playing on a line with Bedard who has speed along with just about every other hockey skill. Um, I, I think it'd work out well for him. That would be what we call plum deployment right there. Um, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Andreas Athanasiu. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been a career third liner basically with flashes of, of brilliance just because of his, how dynamic he is as a player, but yeah, he needs minutes. Um, so I, I don't know that they, they signed him for, I don't remember what it was 4.85 or something like that. Um, but that's a big contract for this guy. Um, so I think that says to me that they're going to maybe give him a little bit of leash here, right? Like 16 minutes average time on ice last season. Can we get mm-hmm. that up to 17 and a half, maybe 17 and a half, maybe yeah. 18, even if he really starts cooking. Um, and then top six minutes with Connor Bedard. Yes, please. That that's, yeah. th- this, this could be an interesting pick. This, this is a guy I'm, I'm watch listing for sure. Um, and mm-hmm. just wait to see how this, the season starts. Cause I don't think he's draftable at this point. Until we know, you know, once training camp happens and where we see how he's going to be deployed, but um, he's a dynamic player for sure. And he scored thirty in the league before his last, uh, or um, his second last season with Detroit. Thirty goals he had, fifty-four points. This guy, that, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty good, you know. I mean, he's got that in him. I mean, a nice 40, 40 point season last last season. So I like that. Yeah, just a player I'm interested in for sure. Um, and then Cole Caulfield, definitely. I love this signing. This this is a no-brainer. And he, and yeah, he's approaching that that Dauber threshold, right? That four-year threshold. This guy's he's gonna pop. I, I think uh, I think you know he had a lingering injury. Got to got to get that done. But you know, at early on in the season, there, him and Nick, Nick Suzuki were really cooking. They were, uh, you know, they had some good chemistry. And obviously, uh, Caulfield's the trigger man. Um, a stat that I like to look at. Shots and goal per 60 rate stats at even strength. And um, a number I like to see is 10 shots and above. Um, I get that from uh, Nate, Nate Groot Niblick from Apples and Genos. I think you've been on his, his pod too. He's, he's got me, he's got me delving into these things and now I'm addicted. So, uh, but yeah. that's a stat that, that I like, um, you know, and, and Cole Caulfield, 
last season, 9.96 shots and goal per 60. So he's, he's, he's an elite shot generator. He's really approaching that. And I think he even has room to grow there. Um, more minutes on ice. It's, it's a great signing. And they, they sign him for less than, than Nick Suzuki. That that's mm-hmm. crazy yeah. too. Like, you know, I, I kind of like what they have going on there in Montreal. Also, I love Mike Matheson and Caden Goule or Goulet or whatever his name is. Um, that, yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah. That's a nice little, that that's a nice little piece there. Um, all, all of those players, Mike Matheson is a guy I'm calling for, for a breakout next season. Um, I like, well, uh, if he, yeah, if he did this well. year, I mean, I was, I, I had him on one of my teams. I, uh, um, it was a single season, uh, single season league but i uh i I picked up mike matheson and just kind of stashed him away and um when he got healthy it was like i i I couldn't believe the results i was like is this yeah you know because i i picked him in past years dauber had been high on him and i you know i'd kind of picked him up a couple times and just been the you know like just maybe this guy is kind of settling into the role of defensive defenseman and uh really i think the habs didn't have any other options on their first unit power play um you just logged a ton of minutes he was 18 minute 18 minute per game guy with florida and all of a sudden with the Habs because they were so thin on defense he's getting 24 minutes a game and yeah. uh ridiculous and like just yeah like just picked up the the points as, as a result so you know i couldn't believe my luck He's a great player, and I, I don't know who's going to supplant him on power play one. Maybe Caden Caden Goulet, like if they give him if they give him the keys there. But it's still a little early yeah. for that, player, right? So yeah. I think Matheson's yeah. good to go. Power play one, like he's never had that. That's one of the reasons why he was popping off so much is he was getting power play one, and and one game he played like twenty nine minutes. Like he's just skating out mm-hmm. there like a gazelle. The guy looks awesome. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy. I think he will, you know, be available in drafts a little bit later just because he was injured half the season, right? People might forget yeah. that when he, when he, you know, became healthy again, he just went off, right? I think that's what mm-hmm. we could see the whole season. I think he might get 60 yeah. points, like 50, 60 points. Mike Matheson, uh, a lot, you know what? Maybe a hot take, but I like it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There. I'm going to go 60. Um, maybe if everything goes right and he can keep, keep, keep that, power play one spot in that ice time for an entire season, maybe 50. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely still some value there. I'm not, you know, I, I don't think Hayden Gooley, I don't think you have to worry about him just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, unless you're like a Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr guy who is just ready from the jump, then I think, I don't think he really has too much to worry about, at least not in the beginning. Yeah, they're giving him minutes though. I like that. Like he got over twenty yeah. minutes average time on ice last season in his rookie season. That's nice to see. But I mean, their team was yeah. decimated in the back end, so it's a good situation for him. Uh, like uh, you know, if they're developing him properly, right, and letting him make mistakes. But yeah, all right. Well, let's get into just a couple players here. We'll just rattle off a few here. Um, some of these free agents that are upcoming. Uh, the first one I want to talk about here with you, Ian, is Evan Bouchard. Um, this is, to me, one of the most exciting uh, free agents coming up here. Obviously, we know what he did in the playoffs. He went off for Edmonton. Um, something that I saw in the regular season, 13 power play points. In the postseason, 15 power play points. What? That's that's crazy. Like, it's you couldn't have written this up any better. This is what we all thought. You know, if, if Bouchard gets power play one instead of Tyson Berry, then we're looking at a really awesome player, right? And then once Berry's traded... Of course, this is this. It just played out the exact way that we all thought it would happen. So that said, like I, I first off, do you, do you think he's going to resign with Edmonton? Oh yeah, he's an RFA, so they're yep. most likely going to sign yep. him. No um, there. It's the 
Yeah, I, I mean, there are cases where RFAs don't don't sign. I think Dylan Strom last year was a good example of Chicago deciding not to not to re-sign him. That was because they were going full rebuild. Um, but they, it, it would be a shock if they if they didn't re-sign Bouchard um, as, as an RFA. And I I really like him for next season based oh, yeah. on. I, I think the biggest. I, I think that what really helped his fantasy value was Tyson Berry being traded to Nashville. Yeah. Um, they got Eckholm back. Uh, they wanted a more defensive defenseman. I mean, Eckholm is, you know, he, he puts up some points, but nowhere close to what Barry does. Doesn't have the power play um, ability that Barry has. So Bouchard was able to easily transition into that role. And I mean, it was just a, you know, just a gold mine of points last season. You had Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And you just, when these guys would get on the power play, it was just, you were just watching it, not saying, you know, it's not an it's not a matter if they're going to score in the power play. It's yeah. a matter of when they're going to score. How like, many? Just, yeah. You know, I'm watching the Canucks defend their, you know, their, their horrible penalty killing against Edmonton. It was just like, oh, you, and you see them out there, it's just like, okay, just score already and just kind of put me out of my misery. Yeah, yeah. let us get back so, to even strength where we have a chance. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, so your just Canucks score your goal and let's just, just score your goal and just let's continue on with the game here. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but I, I really, really like Bouchard. I did the, in the top 100 Roto rankings over Dauber Hockey. I have, uh, um, I just moved him into the top 100. And I'm even thinking I might even, um, I'm even starting to wonder if he's top 50 material just because of the amount of points and just what he showed in the playoffs. I think you really got to, um, you're not going to be able to sleep on Evan Bouchard next year. There's no way. No. Um, and that's, that's just an interesting piece. Like, where does he go? Uh, like, is he, what tier of defenseman is he? Is he going to be kind of in that second tier or, you know, third tier, maybe like, you know, 40 points in 82 games is what he had. So I think, you know, for maybe, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if that's going to make him fall in, in draft or, or make it so he doesn't get as high. Like people should know what Evan Bouchard did this last season yeah. here, especially in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, just at all strengths last season, this guy had an elite season and that's with only half of it being power play one, like shots and goal per 60 was 25th overall in the league in for defensemen, individual Corsi four per 60, 10th overall. That's crazy. You know, yeah. this is, and he looked good. He looked good in the playoffs. That's what he said. Like, like he said, I mean, when they're on the power play, it's just like, all right, you know, but he certainly didn't look out of place there with, um, uh, with the big boys on power play one. In fact, I think he enhanced it. So where do you see Evan Bouchard going? Um, like in terms of like defenseman tiers, like what, what kind of tier would you put Evan Bouchard in? Um, maybe a second tier, uh, third tier. I'd, I'd kind of have to go through and see, um what sort of point projections but i i don't think you'd put him on say you know a top tier with say a kale mccarr um let's say adam fox john carlson uh if you put carlson in the mix if you think his 100 point if he's going to get close to 100 points again maybe you have quinn hughes in there as well um maybe sort of in that second tier of good defense good offensive minded defenseman one that are sort of in that strong um you know power play one um that kind of group um you have to think about which which sort of defenseman might might fit in there maybe uh um maybe victor hedman has fallen into that category or maybe sergeyev in tampa bay or moritz cider um some of the other uh gosh somebody like a a shade theater. Yeah. 
Yeah, Morgan Riley, you know, defenseman sort of in that in that group. Um, I think I think he's definitely in there now. I mean, it depends on what your cutoff point is with your with with your tiers as well. Some people get more specific with it than that, but just sort of speaking in general, I think he's in that um, in that group as well. Like Noah Dobson might be another one based on they, they were actually drafted in the same year. Um, which is another one off the top of my head. I just can't I can't think of Charlie McAvoy. You know sort of fit into that category i think as well it's bouchard is going to be an interesting one next season i think he might get really overdrafted in some leagues um and you know people might might fade him a little bit i don't know um but i think his ceiling is pretty strong like if you look at that power play last year like ryan nugent hopkins had 53 power play points what the hell i mean that, yeah that, you know 53 that that's crazy so Evan Bouchard, a full season on this power play, like he looks good. Can can he is he gonna get, you know, 35 power play points next season? Like that's a potential. You know, this oh. this guy could get like 70 points next season. I don't think right. I don't think Nugent Hopkins is gonna get 53 power play points again, but that's no. just my yeah, my no. opinion. But you still point taken, that is a very, very, very lethal power play where, you know, him being on PP1, he's just going to get he's just going to get a lot of points. I mean, I, I think I could get, you know, I, I could be a 40 point defenseman playing on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on this. Ian. So you and yeah. I, we're on the ice, you know, maybe not defenseman because we need to have a little bit of, you know, like responsibility, but you know, maybe I'll just stand in front of the net. You stand there with me and then we'll just, we'll just bang it in. Right. That's, that's right. That's kinda, yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> signing bonus. Yeah. I need, I need a signing bonus though. That's for sure. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so Evan Bouchard. Yeah. I think uh, I'm excited to see um, when Yahoo's ADPs release, that's where, that's where I start to get real excited. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, is he getting, oh, like, is, are people drafting him in like the third or second round? Like, I don't know if I mm-hmm. like that, but yeah. you know, does he fall a little bit? Ooh, yeah. I would, I'd love to if they stick him up that, yeah, it's all relative, right? Like if they stick him up that high, then no, then I'm going to let someone else draft him. Mm-hmm. But you know, if he's, you know, they they got him around, you know, pick 100 or something like that. That yeah, I'm going to try to snatch him up. I don't think by he's then, drop if, if I, not I, earlier. We'll if see. If the people, if the other people in my league aren't on to him already, <laughs> it's hard because we put all our information out there, don't we? Ian? And people are like, oh, they like this player. Well, I'm going to take him. Like you, it, why? It, everyone drafts Boone Jenner in my leagues. They don't let me have him, and I, I don't like. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, let's move on to another player. Uh, we'll talk about. I want to talk about uh, Vladimir Tarasenko of the Rangers. Um, you know, he had a, a down season by all accounts. Um, definitely experienced a negative regression this past season here. Um, when he did get to the Rangers, twenty-one points in thirty-one games. So that's nice-ish. I mean, not man. It's underwhelming, actually. What am I talking about? Um, what do you like? Where are you at with Tarasenko, and do you think that the Rangers are going to potentially sign this guy? Um, I don't know if they're going to sign him or not. I, I guess they they could. Um, I really have no idea where Tarasenko is going to end up. Um, I don't think he's going to be making what he what he made in St. Louis. Um, I could see him getting. Uh, I I wouldn't see him getting more than about five years. Um, from a team they know that he's got um, some goal scoring power he was able to 
you know, come back from, uh, from a wrist injury, but that St. Louis team last year definitely underachieved. And I don't think he don't know, or don't think he really wowed the Rangers either. So, I mean, it's hard to say, you look at, you know, are they going to sign Patrick Kane? Um, I have, I, I think they're more likely to sign Patrick Kane than, Tarasenko just because that was the one team that Kane wanted to play for was the Rangers and I could see him saying and unless things were really bad from there I could see him um, saying to them again okay well you're the only team I'm going to sign with just give me a a decent offer you know that I've got surgery and that I might not return right away but um, but I will sign with you um, just based on that so uh, I think the likelihood of Kane signing in New York is higher than it is with Tarasenko. But with Tarasenko, I really, it's its one of those ones where I think it's just going to be anybody's guess. And then on July 1st, um, we're going to see him sign somewhere and go, oh, okay, Tarasenko yeah. there. I, okay. I hadn't thought yeah, of some that. Some team but... comes out of the woodwork or something. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. actually I might be on that. Who knows? Like, yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I feel... a week before there's a rumor or something that comes out that he's going to sign with, with a certain team and I'll be totally wrong on that. But that's just my gut feeling is it's a, that nobody's really going to know where he's going to sign. And then he's just, you know, and then the news will break. And yeah, I, I love, I love that time of year, man. It's so exciting. You're just getting all these tweets. You're like, your, your mind's just blowing. Um, I, I kind of, information I overload. Other... Yeah. Oh, oh, big time. Yeah. I think a, a bit, I think Tarasenko is probably more likely. That's my my take on it, just because of of what they had to give up to get it. Um, okay. Like and then yeah. I like because they get what did they trade? It was like Sammy Blay, um, a first rounder in this upcoming draft, conditional, and then um, like a second rounder the next year. Whereas I think for Patrick Kane, they, it was just a, it was a couple picks. You know what I mean? So I wonder. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not a GM, but like when I oh. look at the two, maybe they'll sign both, right? Yeah, like, especially if Kane can get, you know, you can get him at value maybe or like a just a, a couple year deal or even a one year deal, you know, like, I don't know, because he's not he's going to be, be out till probably, you know, November, yeah. or December. But if they Tarasenko, get both at a discount, I think they they could, but they would have to be significantly less than what they've what they've earned in the past. And yeah, I mean, that's a good point about Tarasenko that they gave up more assets for him. Maybe they make a, a stronger pitch and they know that he's at least going to be ready to start the season. Unlike Kane. Um, I mean, at the same time, the Blackhawks didn't really, the Rangers did not have to give up much to get Kane knowing that his no. trade list yeah. was one team. You know, it was just a matter of them agreeing to what a, what a fair price was. But it's not like you had multiple bidders and they could just take the best offer. It was just, yeah, they didn't have to yeah. give up much to get Kane. Yeah, I feel like they targeted Tarasenko, whereas like Kane is saying, I want to play for the Rangers. And they're like, oh, all right, sure. Yeah, we'll flip you a couple of picks, right? So, but yeah. I mean, I can, I can see them signing both. But if if they're going to sign one, I think I... I don't know. I could see Tarasenko returning, especially, you know, with the Russian connection there with uh, Panarin. Um, True. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But Tarasenko is a player I'm interested in. But yeah, he, he's obviously, I think last season, clearly unhappy in St. Louis was playing it out, right? Like he mm-hmm. wasn't happy with how they dealt with his shoulder surgeries. And, um, you know, they, they've never, Tarasenko has never gotten the deployment, I think, uh, that I would like to see Tarasenko get as a first line player. Because, you know, with all his underlying statistics, this is a player that that can do some damage, but he's just like 16 minutes and 48 seconds average time on ice last season. That's no good. That's that's second line, you know, like yeah. third line kind of sometimes. So 
I don't know. Obviously, New York has a, a, a you know an embarrassment of riches, especially if they're able to keep Tarasenko and Kane. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'd like to see Tarasenko stick with New York, play a full season, and obviously, I think the deployment goes up. If so, I think you know seventy point Tarasenko is reasonable again. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. We'll see. He's just, yeah. just he's one season away from an 80, 82 uh, point season. His last season there in St. Louis. That's so. true. I do scoring like has player. been up. So, yeah. So yeah. seventy points is seemed realistic for Tarasenko. You know, even though we have to think of gold, you know, point totals as having gone through inflation now. So, you know, seventy yeah. points now is what basically what sixty points used to be. So, yeah. Yeah. What a strange season. And the defenseman, like Eric Carlson, what are you doing? Like 100 points, yeah. no one called that. This man was available at like, you know, 160 no ADP at 160. Um, yeah. You know, Josh. I, I wasn't touching Eric Carlson. Just too many injuries. It's just, it looked like he was, not, not that he was done, but just that he wasn't the same player. And I mean, good for him. Good for him that he was able to, you know, to, to bounce back and show the old Eric Carlson. It's too bad that, you know, he did it on a team like San Jose that's yeah. really, you know, that didn't have any real prospects and wasn't going to the playoffs. And, you know, one that probably people out on the East Coast don't get to see that often. But, you know. Yeah. Well, andy has got yeah. a crippling contract that's, you know, pretty much impossible to move, especially for an yeah. from like that. So I don't know. But, yeah, I was happy to see it. Um, just a just a very strange year fantasy wise. This is the first year where I've I've. I've put pretty much all my efforts into, you know, getting better at fantasy hockey and really trying to, you know, cover all the bases. And this was one of the weirdest variants of years that I've ever seen. <laughs> like just things like up was down, left is right, you know, Florida yeah. and Vegas in the final or Florida. Like what? No, like they're Florida's road to the, the Stanley Cup finals. What the hell? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's that's unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, I'm digressing. Um, all right, let's keep going. Um, you know, we are getting a little long here, so I want to get some of these in before we have to wrap it up. Uh, I do want to talk about some of these Boston free agents that are coming up here. Uh, Boston's an interesting situation to me just because um, Bergeron potentially retiring, uh, Krejci potentially retiring. Um, you got guys like Tyler Bertuzzi, who is a, oh, what is he? Is he restricted or is he unrestricted? I can't remember. Um, um, They're both think, unrestricted. There you go. So, yeah, Bertuzzi, um, yeah. unrestricted. Uh, Dmitry Orlov is unrestricted there as well. So, um, yeah, you know, this was kind of not the last stand for Boston, but it's pretty close to the last stand. And, and I really thought they were going to do something. And um, I don't really see Bergeron coming back. So that said, I do see some opportunity coming up for Bertuzzi, especially if he re-signs with Boston and he had some chemistry there. I mean, he played with Pavel Zaka and uh, pasta um, for a lot, a lot of his time there. And then he popped off in the playoffs. You know, he got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't remember what he got 10 points in eight games or, or 10 points in seven yep. games, something like that. And he was on the mm-hmm. first power play. So um, I like Bertuzzi. What's your thought on Bertuzzi? And then, yeah, maybe let's talk about Orlov a little bit. But let's start with Bertuzzi. What, what do yeah. you think is going to happen? Um, hard to say. Um, I think they'll make an effort to re-sign him. Again, a lot depends on whether uh, um, Bergeron comes back. I don't think there is as much, uh, um, you know, uh, what was I going to say here? Um, yeah. I think cap space is, is going to be a concern for, uh, for Boston. If uh, right. Bergeron does come back, they're not going to have as much room to, uh, to sign him. Um, so, 
I, I think he's a good fit in Boston. Uh, they could make a decent offer. Um, funny thing is, is the, the UFA crop this season is, is very bare market. So, you know, to the potential that, you know, a guy players like Bertuzzi and Orlov are near the top of the list, not yep. trying to disparage them in any way, but it's not like, you know, it, it's not like a whole list of stars like we've had in previous seasons. You don't have the, a Johnny Goudreau or a John Tavares who's, you know, decided, you know, deciding where, where they're going to go. So, right. um, I don't know. Those ones are really hard to say. Same with Orlov, uh, seemed to be a great fit in Boston, seemed to really get, uh, um, you know, scored a bunch of points when he, uh, when he first got there, I think he kind of settled into a more defensive role after that. Um, but seems to be, seem to really help their defense as well. Um, it's just a matter of whether they have the cap space. I could see them keeping one of them, but, um, but not both, not really sure which, which one that would be though. Um, I guess I have to pick one and maybe say Bertuzzi, but who knows? Yeah, I like Bertuzzi. I like the, uh, I kind of like, you know, what he has on going on under the hood. And also I like that he had a down season here last season. I mean, in under his standards, like he, he had 30 points in 50 games after coming off a 62 points in 68 games the season before. So this is a guy I think prime for a bounce back. And he showed that, you know, with his performance in Boston and then what he was able to do in the playoffs. So uh, I think that's kind of not lucky for Tyler Bertuzzi and Orlov, actually. Orlov had eight assists in seven games in in the playoffs. Just random. Like what, Mm -hmm. you know, this this doesn't make any sense, but both of their performance in the playoffs should equal like bigger contracts for them. And hopefully for Boston's sake, it didn't really price them out. Like depends on where they, where they want to go. Right. But uh, I do like Bertuzzi and and, yeah, I think that that should be the priority for Boston there. Um, But I definitely think he's going to bounce back next season. As long as he gets some minutes, like, um, you know, obviously his, his time on ice for the season with Boston was down around second line minutes, third line minutes, but then it popped back up in the playoffs. So you know, this is a guy I think he can get 70 points too, but he needs that deployment. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's let's move on on that. Um, I did want to talk about Alex DeBrinket. Um, that's kind of a saga that's ongoing. Um, just saw a tweet from Pierre LeBrun again. Um, he submitted a list of, to the GM of potential teams he wants to go to, and Detroit, Vegas, and Nashville were on on those on those or sorry on that list. So. Um, yeah, what what's your take on on DeBrinket? I know um, this is just his first season in Ottawa here, but it it was a down season, I think. Um, you know, probably from from his standards. Well, what do you think about this ongoing situation and, and where he might end up and what he might be able to do in the upcoming season? Um, well, it sounds like he might stay in Ottawa, but then he might not. I think they're shopping him around because I think ultimately they won't be able to keep him as a UFA. I think right. they were kind of hoping he would when they. Uh, um they signed him but um ottawa's being fairly aggressive in terms of trying to up their um up their stock and they've got some young forwards that are coming up as well i think that are you know may where maybe where they don't need to bring it anymore um mm. so you know i'm thinking of guys like josh norris and tim stutzel and uh um drake batherson uh so i don't know if to bring if if they really need or have space to keep a player like to bring cat. So um, I think it's kind of 50, 50, whether he's uh, traded or stays in Ottawa, but I think he's after, after the end of the 2023, 24 season, I think he's not, he's not going to be in Ottawa anymore. 
after that. So a good score, talented player. I, I think he puts up the points no matter where he goes. I'm not that um he's not a player to me that seems heavily driven by value in terms of where he plays not like athanasiu where right you know, whether he gets to it depends on his line mates and it depends on his ice time and that i think you bring it to top six forward pretty much anywhere where he goes so i'm not really this one i'm not really batting an eyelash that much on it's like okay let's do a play play somewhere maybe you'll have a good uh line mates um ottawa wasn't that bad a team offensively so um I mean, I think he can, unless he, unless he goes somewhere where there's really, maybe he goes like back to Chicago or something like that, then I, I'm not really too concerned about where he lands. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, you know, he's he's good to go in any top six. I think wherever he goes, he's going to get prioritized, right? Um, so I, yeah. I definitely like that. And one thing that's, a, that's great about Alex Dabrinkit is his power play production. It's ridiculous. I mean, 30 power play points last season, 28 the season before. I mean, he's he's good to go on the power play, and he's going to get that power play one wherever he goes. So that's a lock as well. Um, I, I just think he massively underachieved at even strength this last season here with mm-hmm. Ottawa. So, again, this is a player that I'm I'm calling for a bit of a bounce back. Um, yep. Just even looking at his shooting percentage, right? He, you know, mm-hmm. the last two seasons, he had 20.6, uh, which is very high. I mean, that was only in 52 games. Then last season, 15.2. This season, he was cooking at 10.3, right? Um, that's that's well below his three-year average, right? Yeah. So that's, that's going to go up, right? Um, I just think at even strength, he's going to figure it out, right? I, 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 I think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I yep, hope for I fantasy purposes that he kind of sticks around in Ottawa because I like what they've got going on the top six there, but... You know, mm-hmm. like you said, wherever he goes, he he's gonna he's gonna get prioritized. He's gonna get those minutes, um, and he's gonna he's gonna do some damage on the power play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just interesting stuff. Alex DeBrinket, I don't know where he's going. Um, all right, let's let's go. Let's finish with a couple here. Um, Timo Meyer and then Philip Gustafson. We'll round it out with that, and then I'll let you go. Thank you for your time, Ian. I could go on all night on this stuff. Uh, so appreciate that. Uh, Ian's on the West Coast like me, so so it's it's getting a little bit late. We're you know we're getting long in the tooth, but appreciate your time, my man. Um, Timo Meyer. I just read a report that the Devils are are making a you know kind of a pitch to to re-sign this guy. Um, what do you like? First off, Timo Meyer. Actually, his his advanced analytics are ridiculous. Uh, that's one thing I love about this player. You know, shots on goal per sixty, elite. Uh, Corsi four per sixty, elite. Um, and then his peripherals too. He bangs big time. Um, so I love this player. I'm still waiting for him to kind of pop off. You know, he had a nice forty goals last season, but you know, definitely kind of uh, fizzled in New Jersey. What do you think mm-hmm. is going on? What What do you What do you think? Um, do you, first off, does where does it matter where he goes? Is this kind of an Alistair Brinkett situation, or you know, what, um, what, what are your what's your take on Timo? I think so. I think he's got great uh, multi-cat ability uh, in terms of the amount of shots, hits, goals that he can provide. And you know, San Jose was. You know, he played for San Jose. They obviously weren't a good team last uh, the season. So, you know, I think he can another player. I think he can go anywhere and he can, he can thrive. Um, I know the Devils gave up quite a bit to to get him. Um, you know, we we're talking about first round pick yeah. um, prospects. Um, Muk- Mukamadeline, I don't know if I'm pronouncing yeah. his name correctly. Uh, Fabian Zetterland. Um, oh yeah, Zetterland. Yeah, that's a big one too. Yeah, first and second round pick. So I mean, they gave up quite a bit to to get him. So 
I think they're going to make a real concerted effort to uh, uh, to sign him. He is an RFA, so is arbitration eligible RFA, if I remember correctly? Uh, yes, he is. So they can sign him. Uh, um, you know, they can sign if they only sign a one-year deal, then that puts him into UFA status. Um, but um, but they can sign him for uh, um, longer than that. I think they they can, uh, they, they will as well. I mean, there's another one on the Devils that you have to watch as well, which is Jesper Bratt, um, yep, who's, I think he's been reluctant to sign a long-term deal there for whatever reason. Um, you know, does them signing one, how does that affect the other? Um, it looks like they've got plenty of cap space uh, that they uh, um, that they have to play with, and um, they will prioritize those two players, I think. So, uh, they, uh, to me, I think they should be able to get it done um, for for both players. But I mean, you never know. Um, I think I, I think he does get I think he does get done in New Jersey. Um, I I think they I think they get him on the long term deal. I'm not so sure about Brat. Uh, what what happens with him? Um, but cap wise, I think they can both, they can fit them both in. Yeah. I mean, nice problem to have, at least they're both restricted. Right. But, um, yeah, they have to prioritize these guys. Like if they can get them locked up, I mean, the top six in Jersey is ridiculous. I mean, they went from basement dwellers the uh, two seasons ago to, you know, tops in their division this last season. And I, I think they're still figuring out how to do it all, you know, and their goaltending is still a little bit up in the air. So, um, but I love that team, especially for fantasy. Oh my God. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's interesting with these, these players not wanting to sign long-term. I think it's just, my understanding is, is a lot of it's to do with um, the salary cap only going up 1 million this season here. And then it's supposed to go up um, in a couple of years by that. That's kind of the big one where, where, you know, it's going to go up a lot more. So players kind of don't want to get locked in when they can kind of maximize their money in a couple of years. That's my understanding, at least with Gavrikov, that was sort of the, the thought that he was why he wanted to take a two year deal. But I'm wondering mm-hmm. if Jesper Bratt is, is kind of similar there as well. Um, let me see. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I like those players though. So I'm excited about New Jersey. I also like Dawson Mercer. He's a, he's a beauty. I'm excited to see what he's capable of next season. That's for sure. Last player I want to talk about with you, Ian, uh, Philip Gustafson. This is a man that I, I, I got on early last season. Cause I've been, I don't know if you're ever tried the zero G uh, strategy for, you know, fantasy hockey, um, Nate Nimblick, Apples and Genos. That's his thing. And I'm, I'm a member now and that's what I do. I, I, you know, this next season coming up, I'm going to zero G my brains out. Um, but this is a guy I picked up in some of my zero G teams and uh, he popped off. He was amazing last year. Do you think that Philip Gustafson is the number one there in Minnesota? And you know, what, what is he capable of next season? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in zero G as well, just because of the volatility of goalies. Um, so I'm unfortunately though, I did not get onto the Gustafson train. Um, I guess I just did simply didn't have him on, on my radar. And, uh, um, I, I think I'd seen him on my, uh, on my waiver wire. I just didn't, um, wasn't a believer for whatever reason. And then slowly I started to see his numbers. Wait a minute, this guy's, it's, he's posting some pretty good numbers here and, uh, maybe they can start him over flurry. And I think that's what they do next season. Um, he's another RFA, uh, with Arbrights, but I think it's somebody who they prioritize. I mean, Fleury's now 38 years old. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he retires after, if this is his final season. 
Um, I don't think, I mean, there's a chance he could play well and he, he could take the starting goalie job back, but, um, you know, but I think Gustafson, I think you, I think there's a pretty good bet that he's the, the starter there for Minnesota next year. So I think you can sort of draft him accordingly. Of course, you have kind of have to see what they do, um, in free agency. Do they, you know, do they pick up another goal? I, I think I see those two as a tandem though. Um, so, and I think you can handle Gustafson as as the starter, but it's probably more of a probably more of a sixty forty split. Um, I think Fleury is still he's not terrible, but he's not what he used to be. Uh, so right. I, I think he is still the opportunity for him to get plenty of work. Yeah, no, I love this player. I'm again, I'm really interested to see when the ADP drops. Like, where is Gustafson? You know, what are they like? Even at sixty forty, I I like this this player a lot. He's just giving you quality yeah. starts. You know, almost every time out, it's awesome. Yeah, um, and sixty yeah. forty is not bad. Fifty fifty five or fifty five forty five isn't either. That's going to be the norm too. As yeah. players, you know, teams starting their backups more and more. You know, not riding their starters for 70 plus games like you know martin Berdur did or um you know, mickey kippersoff i think was another one back in the day yeah. they're not gonna teams aren't gonna do that anymore i don't think um it just doesn't it doesn't make sense you got to keep your goalies rested um i mean think about it if you if you played your goalie that many games it's you know are they really going to be ready for a long playoff run after that if that's what you want to do so um fantasy wise i'd rather have you know, good ratios, solid ratios with a guy who starts a little less, gets maybe potential for a few less wins um, than a guy who will get, you know, maybe has the potential for a few more wins, um, but sabotages your goals against average and save percentage while, while doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And for the love of God, just draft them after the 10th round. All right. Then you can just kick him to the curb when he, when he stinks it up, you say, see you later, yeah. buddy. Thank you for your service. Yeah. We're going with, we're going with somebody else. You can only tell the rest of my league to do that as well. And, yeah. And we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> and there I'm less you go. tempted to. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Well, that's, those are the players I kind of wanted to touch on Ian. Uh, before I let you go, um, I, I just, I wanted to pick your brain just really quick. Um, while I've got yet any potential mm-hmm. breakouts, who, who are you excited about going into next season? Could be these free agents could be just one or two players that, that you're really excited about that you think might break out. Um, next season um you know, a couple that we mentioned i think in the podcast that i'll just kind of reiterate again here um one at bouchard i think i'm really big on his potential uh next year um cole caulfield as well um again don't forget you you know injured for much of the season i think that's gonna naturally his ranking is gonna fall and i think um you know and i, I think he's he's gonna be a, a good pick pickup where he is um another one i think i briefly touched on him um as well to keep an eye on um not really a breakout because he had a good season but maybe one that he might uh, forget about mikhail sergachev um that he's he's taken over the the power play one on on the lightning um especially we saw that it was kind of off and on with uh with headman uh, during the regular season but he took it on during the playoffs and um he was really effective during the playoffs um look to me and we had three points in six games wasn't bad but i thought he looked pretty good um when i watched him in that series with with toronto so um that's another player i think seth jarvis on carolina i think they're kind of waiting for his breakout this season um and kind of looking through some of his advanced stats i think he was uh 
he kind of suffered from low shooting percentage as 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 well i had an article on uh on dauber um about players with high and low shooting percentage in the ramblings last week so i think there's uh i think there's some potential with uh with him maybe maybe next season is what we saw 20 23 24 is what we were expecting from him in 22 23 so i'll just put his name out there i'm you know, we've got some few months to go before the season starts, and I could easily change my mind on this stuff. But uh, that's um, those are just a few names out there for you. I love it. I love it, man. Seth Jarvis, that's my guy too. I've been I've been singing his praises. I was just watching his playoff performance and how he's being deployed there. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it, the only thing that scares me with Jarvis is Rod Brindamore. Like, can can you just lock in a player on a line and give him some? consistent minutes that would be really nice mm-hmm. you know uh but the you know uh, if he's getting the same kind of deployment that he got in the playoffs i think it's going to be a slam dunk i'm excited about that player too so cool all right you heard it heard it here first uh ian is uh, these are very early breakout players book it we feel good about these players um ian thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it um i want to just yeah give you the floor or you want to plug anything that's going on on with yourself there Sure. Yeah. You can check out my work at Dauber Hockey. I cover the ramblings on the weekends, uh, Saturday, Sundays, uh, some Fridays as well. Uh, we've got lots going on there. Uh, personally, I uh, compile the top 100 Roto rankings, uh, which are that every month, which are for single season um, multi-category leagues. Uh, there's a lot more going on there as well. Of course, there's the daily ramblings. Uh, there's rankings, all sorts of rankings for keeper and non-keeper leagues. Um, there's a forum as well. If you've got a fantasy question or you want to, um, help weigh in on some other folks' fantasy questions as well. Um, frozen tools, which is just a treasure trove of information on there. Um, it really, really helps my writing over there is just all the information on there. It keeps me, um, you know, when there's no hockey going on for several months and I need to write some articles, then, uh, um, then I just hop over to frozen tools and, uh, and talk about a certain stat and players that stand out or don't stand out in that, uh, that sort of category, but, uh, um, you could literally get lost over there as well. So, uh, many other articles as well. I wouldn't be doing the writer's justice if I didn't plug, uh, um, their articles as well, not just, um, there are still some regular articles you don't really see during uh, during the off season, but there are other ones that you uh, you will continue to see over there. So so yeah, check it out even during the off season. There's uh, plenty going on there. It's amazing work you guys are doing. Dauberhockey.com. You got to get your biscuits in there. All right. If you're not in there, you're definitely losing your fantasy league. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, this is this is what the pros do. All right. That's that's how we do. I'm calling myself a pro. I'm amateur, but that's that's fine. Um, again, thank you so much, Ian. Ian uh, on Twitter is at Ian underscore Gooding. And I am Blake Creamer at Blake Creamer S.E. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate your time. And thank you, Ian, so much for being here. Yeah, you got it anytime. Awesome. Thanks, man. We'll do it again sometime. Everybody, uh, we'll be back with another episode very shortly. Thanks for listening, everybody. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary. necessary, 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 necessary.